0: Coming up on today's episode of the Matt Downing podcast, we are back after I missed you guys last week, but we're back. Um, we got a lot to talk about, so we're just gonna get into it. We got a lot of basketball talk. We got we got Celtics major news since the last podcast, so we're gonna just well, I'm gonna update you guys on that. Then we talk a little bit of Team USA basketball. Then we do a recap of the conference finals in the NBA. We got the as of right now, we got the Suns and the Clippers. Uh, Suns are up 3 2, and we got the, the Easter Conference finals tied at 2 2 between the Bucks and the Hawks. Then we talk, do a little bit of Patriots talk. What's going on with Stefan Gilmore? What's the situation there? And then we end the show with a little bit of Red Sox <coughs> love. So, all that coming up. But before we do that, this episode of the TMD podcast is brought to you by TheGraveImedia.com. If you guys haven't, make sure to go check out TheGraveImedia.com. Um, 4th of July sale going on right now for all, all of our merch, so use code GVM4TH at checkout for $5 off every single item in your cart. Um, from now to the 4th of July, not just our 4th of July items, anything you guys want, GVM4TH at checkout. Uh, and make sure to subscribe to the email listing, that's the other thing. Stay up to date on all things Grapevine. So with all that, let's get into it. What is going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Matt Donnie podcast. We are back after I missed you guys last week, but I have a perfect implausible excuse as to why I didn't record last week. So um, we'll get into that in, in a few seconds here. But um, this is gonna be the only episode before the Fourth of July. So to everyone out there, Happy Fourth of July! Um, make sure you guys head over to Grapevine Media until the Fourth of July. This isn't just for the Fourth of July gear too. It's for the entire store. Uh, use code GVM Fourth for, I think it's, it's like, I think it's ten dollars off or five dollars off your order. One of those two. Um, Actually, no, it's $5 off everything that you get. So say you get two items, it's $10 off. Say you get four items, it's $20 off. It's $5 off every item in your cart. That's what it is. So head over to Media, or um and use code GVM4TH at checkout for $5 off every single item in your uh, checkout bag thing. All right, moving on. Also, if you guys listen to this, uh, wherever you're listening to this, uh, subscribe. This episode is not on YouTube, which is there's also a personal, perfect plausible reason for that too um the reason that this isn't on youtube is strictly because of the fact that i didn't record it on tuesday night i'm recording it on wednesday morning and uh i just woke up too late and uh couldn't get it all out there before um eight o'clock 8 a.m so like there wouldn't be no possible way i can record it and get it out before 8 a.m so that that's pretty much why it's not on youtube um so for that sorry there's gonna be no like Clips is going to be like an old, like two years ago post where you're just going to see it like on Instagram, like my face isn't going to be there, none of that none of that jazz. Um, why I wasn't here last week, you might still be able to tell as um, you're listening, You and you listen to this every week, maybe you can tell, I am a little bit sick. No, it is not COVID, it's just a serious head cold. So last week, I literally couldn't like breathe out of my nose, and um, I didn't want to have to have you guys listen to me like all stuffed up, rambling on for an hour. So I made the executive decision and just decided uh, not to um, put an episode out. But I was a little disappointed because there was a ton of stuff happening uh, that week in between the last episode that was out and when I didn't put out an episode. So um, we have a ton of stuff to cover today, which we're just going to get into. We're going to... Uh, well, you already know how this episode is going to go. So let's just start off with Celtics basketball. Um, so, of course, you know, in classic fashion, this is what happens uh, with this podcast. I put the, an episode out and then major things happen like hours after the episode is out. So we have to wait like a full week to talk about it. Um, but here we are. So we, th- this is how long it's been. We haven't even talked about the Kemba Walker trade. We haven't talked about the new head coach. And we haven't talked about all these new possible trade situations and all this stuff going on. So, first things first, let's just get it out, out of the way. The Kemba Walker trade. I know it's like old news. Um, what's not old news, though, is actually Kemba Walker might get traded from OKC. That is uh, that is fresh and new news. So, that is uh, something to keep your eye on for sure. But, in terms of the Celtics, Al Horford, Moses Brown, uh, and I think we got a pick. I could be wrong, but I think we got a pick in... And- we gave up Kemba uh, our first-round pick. We gave up Kemba, our first-round pick, and someone else. Um, no. I think we gave up two picks, actually. Hold on. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, see, this is how long it's been. It's just like so like meaningless. I mean, it's not meaningless, but you know what I mean. Um, let's see here. The Celtics do I do on Monday morning. Uh, so the Celtics are trading Kevin Walker and the number sixteen overall pick in the twenty twenty draft and a twenty. Yeah, so we did give up two uh, picks. We gave up two picks, but we got a twenty twenty three second round pick in return. Al Horford and Moses Brown. So how it went down, pretty much. I mean, I'm 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 not even really like that upset. I mean. Everyone knows where I st- stood on the Kemba Walker situation. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't had nothing against Kemba Walker. It was just one of those things where, like, it didn't work. You know, what I mean, like, he came here. Um, he really only had like one solid, healthy season, and then it just didn't work. So, I, I don't know. I'm not really like that upset. I, and I would have loved to keep Kemba because he is he's a great point guard when he's healthy, but. His contract was just outrageous. I mean, $35 million. Jason Tatum, whose new deal kicks in this year, but like Jason Tatum last year was making $7 million, You know what I mean? Like, it just like, and you think about that, it's just, it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Kemba Walker was not a $35 million a year player. He, and he was eating up the salary cap. So that, that alone is enough reason for him to have to. Be moved off the Celtics roster, and then on top of it, he was on like constantly injured, um, missing big games. So I don't hate it. Um, do I love that we're bringing back Al Horford, who's on like a kind of a I think like we saved, we saved close to like ten twenty million, so ten million a year, uh, with this trade, which is good. But I mean, do I love the fact that like Al Horford is coming back? You know, thirty five year old. I don't hate the fact that he's come back, but he's I'm not like ecstatic, you know what I mean? Like it's not like we're getting an Al Horford who's two years removed from what he was when he left Boston. So you know, it it spade to spade. Al's getting old, you know, that's just the that's just how it is. Father time undefeated, unless you're Tom Brady. But I do love the fact that and a lot of people don't like this, but I I am a fan of it. I do love the fact that we're bringing back a veteran, um, you know, like someone who has like a, a veteran presence because I felt like the team really lacked that this year. I think our our only like our I think our most seasoned player was Tristan Thompson, or maybe even Kemba. You know what I mean? And like those guys are still like relatively like young in terms of, like, one, playoff experience. I guess Tristan Thompson has one, two, a ring or two, but it's it's not like he was a leader on that team. You know what I mean? He was, like, LeBron led that team. Kyrie led that team. Kevin Love led that team. Tristan Thompson wasn't the leader on that team. So the veteran presence there um, and the veteran presence this whole past year was not, it was not top-notch, so. I am excited that Al Horford is coming back in the sense that he's going to be a leader on this team. He's going he's gonna to be a vocal leader. He understands Boston's system. He thrived in Boston's system for however long he is here. I think he was there for five years. Um, so I'm excited for that. And I think also that fact that Al like, thrived in Boston's system is going gonna, is gonna to help this team a lot. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, he's older. He's more experienced. Um on top he's more experienced than what he was before he got to Boston. Now he's even more experienced, and I and I think this is gonna help Tatum and Brown because it's gonna be the ball's in their hands more. It's gonna be the offense is gonna be run through Al, you know. What I mean, where the offense could have been run through Kemba, you know, they could have been running plays for Kemba. things like that, that like that another aspect in losing Kemba, the offense is not gonna be run through Al Horford. So it means more uh, more time with Tatum and Brown with the ball in their hands, like, and and facilitating on an offense and, and letting the offense run through them, and I think Horford is going to do a good job at you know making that a, a, an actuality, like a possibility for the Celtics. So that I'm, I am excited for. Um, what is a little concerning now is the amount of big men on the roster because obviously we brought we brought over Horford, but we also brought over. Moses Brown, who's also a a young center, um, who who had a pretty decent year last year. Uh, He was actually pretty good. So that now makes our big man roster. We're looking at Tristan Thompson, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, if you want to throw him in there still, Al Horford, Moses Brown. There's, There's five big men right there, and I think I'm missing someone too. I'm definitely missing someone. Um, But whatever. uh, That's a lot of big men. So I'm expecting someone else to be moved. I don't think the Celtics are going to go into the season with that many big men. Uh, I really think if I had to guess, it's going to be Grant Williams or Tristan Thompson. Uh, One of those two are going to go. I don't think Robert Williams. uh, I think he's – Robert Williams has the most trade value. Yes. But I don't think Brad's going to give up Robert Williams. Uh, I think I think Brad's really keen on keeping the young guys who are like, who are actually good. You know what I mean? Um, no offense to Grant Williams and those guys, but Robert Williams, his ceiling is just a lot higher. And I think that I think that th- those types of guys Brad wants to keep because he understands their value um, and how they're going to be three, four years down the road versus these other guys who are kind of struggling uh, at the gates. With the Celtics, so that's the that that was pretty much my, my recap of the um, the the trade Walker uh, for Al Horford and Moses Brown. Like I said, it's not it's nothing against Kemba Walker. It was just one of those situations where it didn't work out, and uh, he had way too he was getting way too much money. Kind of like the Gordon Hayward situation, where really. he was just getting way too much money. He wasn't wasn't playing. And it's just like, we we can't keep you on the roster if you're not going to play. So, you know, it's tough because those guys were were very good. Um, Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker were very good uh, players. And then it just seemed like when they got to the Celtics, it kind of like fell apart. So, there's nothing you can say, you know. Um, it is what it is. It had to be done. And for it, for it to be Brad's first move, I actually love it. A lot of people didn't like it because... You know, they said Brad maybe jumped the gun. He could have gotten more for Kemba. I honestly thought we were gonna end up giving up more um, for Kem- to get rid of Kemba than versus getting him. So I was actually okay with that. And a lot of people were upset with g- the giving up of the first round pick. I'm so fine with that. Like the Celtics, one don't need any. They don't need any more young players. They have their young core. Two, they don't. Like, who in this year's draft at 16 is going to come in and make a giant impact for the Celtics? Like, th- that's what I mean. You already have four big men. You have your two guards. You have your two all-star guards. What else do you need? So, you have players that come in off the bench. You Those have been your first-round draft picks for the last two or three years, those... Langford and uh, Neesmith. There's your two guards coming off the bench. Like, do you need more guys coming off the bench? So, like, the Celtics didn't need to use this draft pick, and I'm glad that Brad got rid of the first round pick. Honestly, he he did something that Danny Ainge has not done and traded his first round pick. uh, And now the Celtics don't have a first round pick. But like, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? I don't think that that's like a negative. And a lot of people are looking at this trade as a loss for the Celtics because of the fact that we just gave OKC their like 15th first round pick in the next like 2 years or whatever but I'm okay with that. The Celtics didn't need it. You know what I mean? Like we really didn't. We we don't need a first round pick next year. Like th- that's how that's how set they are in terms of gaining young players. And on top of it Brad brought in someone who's a veteran. He brought in someone with a veteran presence who's going to have an impact on the Celtics, whose, whose leadership roles and his experience in the league is going to have an, uh, an imp- a better impact versus a young player. So I was very much a fan of this trade. Uh, I think, you know, could w- would it have been better if it was someone who's a little, like a little younger than Al Horford, who's turning like 30, I don't know, 35 or 37 or something like that, maybe. But it is what it is. I, I, I think Al Horford coming back is going to have a great impact on the team. I think Al's going to have a – he's going to be able to thrive in his new role. Like, we're not expecting 15 points a game from Al Horford. We're expecting him to come in and get rebounds and run the offense and be a smart basketball player. We're not expecting him to score anymore, you know? And I think he's going to be able to do that. So, I was excited about the trade. Then, after the trade, moving on here from the Kemba Walker-Al Horford thing, I think it was two days later, the Celtics signed their new head coach, ime Udoka. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I feel like I'm not, like... I feel like everyone just like is guessing on his name, but I'm just gonna call him Udoka because I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Um, and and whatever, I don't know, I I correctly pronounce it. So, um. Celtics hire him, and now we we already had the press conference and all this. Um, and this is we All right, I'm I'm jumping all over the place here. Celtics hire the new head, new head coach. I'm. Out of all the candidates that were called back for a second interview, this is the guy they should have gone with. Um, I was pulling for Sam Cassell out of the gates because I felt that like Sam Cassell was had you know paid his dues for the longest time. Um, he retired and went two thousand nine, you know, or like eleven years since uh, you know he's been on a coaching staff for like probably nine years now. So. He had the connection with Boston too, um, with winning a championship and all that. I thought it was a good fit. Clearly Brad Stevens did not, um, which okay, that's fine, I get that. Um, you know, maybe maybe he wouldn't have been able to command the respect whatever it is. Um, so the sub the the people who got called back for a second interview were Odoku Odoka, sorry, Odoku, um, Chauncey Billups, and someone else. I'm forgetting I'm forgetting the guy's name, Uh, let's see, Uh, I didn't put it in the article, and another guy that I just can't remember, but when when I saw the list of coaching candidates, and and it was really between Billups and Udoka, it was like, it's a no-brainer, it's this guy, this guy served under Greg Popovich for, I don't know, Seven years, was it? yeah, it was seven years, and then he went to Philly, and then he was in Brooklyn last year. Like the guy has worked with stars, you know what I mean? He helped Kawhi Leonard get to where Ka- Kawhi is today. He worked with the three hall, the Hall of Fame trio of Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan. He won two championships with the Spurs. Um, he just he just worked with Irving, Harden, and Durant, and before that he worked with Joel Embiid and uh, Ben Simmons in that disaster in Philly. So clearly Udoka knows how to handle stars. Clearly he knows how to take them and elevate their games, which is exactly what the Celtics need to do because, like I've been saying, the the way and the way Brad Steven coached for the past or I will not even say two years. Last season was too hands on. And I feel like now Udoka is gonna be a little less hands on. He's gonna let the stars do what the stars do, and he's gonna let the he's gonna let Tatum and Brown turn into the superstars that they, they're destined to become, you know, that everyone's talked about them being for the last four years here. Um, so I was really excited to have, one, this this be the hire, and two, how, I guess like, how quickly and easily it, it was for uh, Brad Stevens to do it. Um, like I, I feel like this is who Brad kinda wanted and there's reports of uh another guy who coached with Udoka with uh at the Spurs for a little bit, coming on as an assistant. Um the Celtics are pretty much clearing house. That that's pretty much what they're doing. They're bringing in all new people, um, which is good because there was a lot of turmoil, you know, there's a lot of reports coming out and it's always hard to believe, you know, like what's actually true and what's not true. Um do I believe that there's still, like, some players on the team that are, are not going to be there come the the start of the season? Of course. I think the the Celtics just they are stum- they're not done making moves. Do I believe that, like, Marcus Smart is going to be, um you know, on the team? Yes, I believe that Marcus Smart is on the team. And Udoka called him, like, a, f- a foundational piece to the Boston Celtics. So I can't imagine, you know, he says that and then he's going to be traded. Um, So for all the people out there, like, claiming that Marcus Smart isn't going to be on the team... Uh, I think he's going to be on the team. Sorry sorry to burst your bubble there. Um, but um, getting back to this, I think I think that this is a very good hire. Um, and it's always tough because, you know, first-year head coaches, you never know how they're going to be. But for the people who are pulling for Chauncey Billups out there, the only thing that Chauncey Billups has over – this uh, Ime Udoka is that he was a player. He was a Finals MVP. That that's really all that like he ha- he has, and you know that works. You know uh, you know some people believe that that works. Um, the player coach. You know you demand their respect of the players and stuff like that. Um, but what people, and I guess what people f- like forget. Is that just because you were a great player doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. And now I'm not saying Chauncey Phillips isn't going to be a great coach, you know, you, you, but I don't think enough time has been spent by Chauncey Phillips coaching for him, for us to just like throw a head coaching job at him. Now, obviously, the Portland Trailblazers just did that. And, okay. I'm, again, I'm not saying that Chauncey Billups isn't going to be a bad head coach. Is going to be a bad head coach, but what I'm saying is the risk it was too much for the risk. you know what I mean the Portland Trailblazers are in a completely different situation than the Boston Celtics are right now. The Portland Trailblazers have not been consistently going to the Western Conference finals. The Boston Celtics have been. The Portland Trailblazers have a star guard who's thirty who just turned thirty. you know what I mean and and that's really it. You know their team's a little bit older. Um, I don't think it it, it would been have would have been a smart move to bring in a a young coach. Not not just like, but in in terms of experience and years coaching, bring in a guy who's only been coaching for one year and was an assistant. I don't think that that was would have been a smart move, and I and I think Brad understood that, and that's why he went with Udoka over Billups. You need someone who understands how to coach, you know, who's been on championship-winning rosters as a coach, who has coached stars. Billups has not – Billups has been a coach for one year. You know what I mean? He hasn't won as a coach. So, I don't know. I'm not really um, – I'm not too upset with this hire. Uh, and I know a lot of people really wanted Billups, but I, I don't think – I think Udoka was a better call than – uh was than Billups, so I, I'm I'm happy about that one as well. You know, I think I I think overall I really like Brad's two first first moves as a as his uh his new role, president of basketball operations. I think that they've both been uh you know very productive moves. I think that the. And they're, they're in line with the overall goal of what the Boston Celtics are trying to do. The Boston Celtics understand where they are. They understand where the organization is going to be for the next few years. They have their pieces. Um. So if I had to guess on what's going to happen here for the next, I don't know, how, like however many weeks uh, before the start of the season here in free agency and all that, Brad Stevens is going to build a team of experienced guys you know he, he's gonna bring in um you know i think i think he's i i really think brad stevens wants wants more veterans on the team i, I think that that's gonna be you know we're gonna see a lot more of uh of older role players coming in like we're, we're not gonna see and this is kind of moving into this uh <clears throat> moving into it and like moving away or back into a topic that we've already covered here um this like this idea of like uh Dame Lillard coming to the Celtics <clears throat> it's just it's i don't think it's plausible and i don't think it's going to happen here um i don't think it's plausible for two reasons the first reason is you're you're pretty much asking uh you're pretty much asking Portland to give up their their uh their only asset really um if unless you want to classify CJ McCollum as a as an asset here. But you're asking Portland to give up their only asset they really have in the best player, one of the best players in the Western Conference. <clears throat> and also someone who has declared that he wants to stay in Portland his entire career. So three like kind of tough hurdles to get over, but not impossible in the NBA. Um But where it is impossible is you're asking the Celtics to pretty much give up Jalen Brown, so like, because their contracts are, are pretty similar. Jalen's making like twenty six or something like that a year, and uh, Damian Lillard's making like twenty seven point five or something like that a year. So like, relatively close, uh, similar. So like, and that would be the deal. Um, but you're asking to to give up a thirty year old Jalen Brown. It Jalen Brown's, uh, how old is he? Let's see. He's like 20. I want to say he's like 24. Yeah, Jalen Brown's 24. Damian Lillard, Dame, let's look it up, is 30. So you're asking to give up a 60 year different here. So essentially everything that the Celtics have done this offseason would go to shit pretty much. I mean, Jalen Brown, his, his – Key guy and the key guy he was pulling for uh, to get the job was Udoka. And, like, you want to give him, like, this is where people, they just, like, see the idea on social media and they just, like, fall in love with it. They're like, yes, 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 we want the star, we want the star, get this star, get this star, get this star. It doesn't make sense for the team. You know, you can sell out, you can force it uh, and hope that happens, but, like, I just don't see it happening. Um, so sorry to burst everyone bubble. I don't think Damian Lillard is coming to the Boston Celtics, nor do I think that Damian Lillard wants to come to the Boston Celtics. Um, you know, uh, I don't think Damian Lillard is gonna get moved this offseason. it doesn't not make sense for the, the Portland Trailblazers to move their only the o- the only guy who who one has declared he wants to be in Portland and two is just like one of the top players in the Western Conference in, in the NBA, not even just the Western Conference. But the entire NBA, uh, it doesn't make sense. So, to everyone out there who wants who wants this trade to happen, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Um, what I do expect to happen is I expect the Celtics to bring on guys like or guys that were part of uh, Brad Stevens like Isaiah Thomas team, where like you just have like a ton of key role players. You know, what I mean, you have the Marcus Morrises. you have the the uh, Jay Crowders, you have the the Al Horfords, you have, you have guys like that. You have the Kelly O'Lennox. You know what I mean, you have guys that come in and do their job. And I think that that's what the Celtics lacked this past year. And I think that's what Brad's gonna try and um, recreate is is a team that, like along those lines. Like like when when Aaron Neesmith came in the game, it was like, what is he doing? You know, I mean? when Grant Williams came in the game, it was like, what is he doing? Um, I I feel like the re- like the only guy who kind of came in the game and had like a role and you knew what he was doing was Tristan Thompson in terms of like he's coming in and he's getting rebounds. That is what Tristan Thompson did. Um, and, and he didn't really do that consistently until the end of the year. So I feel like that, that, that's what the team needs. Uh, they need more consistent guys who can, who can night in and night out fill a key role for the team. Um, so, so that's what I expect to happen um, moving forward here. I don't expect the Celtics to move Marcus Smart. Um, would I be shocked if they did? No, but I think it would have to be for something or, or or someone more valuable um than what Marcus Smart can provide on the defensive end of the floor, if that makes sense. You know what I mean because because that's essentially why you're keeping Marcus Smart is is because of what he is able to do. Uh, on the defensive end of the floor. This is why the Clippers. Kept Pat Beverly. You know. Um, this is. You know. So. I don't expect them to move. Uh, Marcus Smart. And and here's the thing. I don't even like love. Love Marcus Smart. All the time. I love Marcus Smart. Every defensive possession. I, 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 I'll I never not admit that. He's by far one of the best defenders in the NBA. I don't always love what he does on offense. Actually most of the time I hate what he does on offense. But. You can't, and I'll say it again, you can't just give up Marcus Smart for nothing. You know what I mean? If you're going to give him up, it has to be for like two guys. It has to be for like a 3-and-D guy. Um, but you can't just give him up for nothing. You know what I mean? He's a, he's He loves being with the Celtics. He's been with the Celtics his entire career. I'm sure if they offered him an, an extension, he would come back. So all in all, I don't, I don't think – you, I don't think there's anybody out there that, like, you can really get in return. One, what Smart brings to the team, the value that he brings to the team. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to get someone. It's it, clear. Clearly, you can get somebody who's better offensively than Marcus Smart, but you can't find many guards out there who are better than him defensively. And that's just a fact. You know what I mean? You can't really find those guys. So... <clears throat> To end the Celtics conversation, I like the two moves by Brad Stevens. I expect more veterans to come in. I don't expect Marcus Smart to be moved. If anyone is expected to be moved in the next in the coming weeks here, it's the big men on the team. It's some. It's one of the big men. Um, and that's what I got for the Celtics. Um, Stick along the lines here. Uh, I just want to talk about it quickly here. We're going to move into a little bit. We're we're sticking we're sticking with basketball. But we're moving away from the Celtics, um, kind of, I guess, like a little bit. Um, Team USA announced their roster officially. Uh, so the roster consists of Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard. Kevin Love, Chris Middleton, and the one and only Jason Tatum. Uh, I wrote about this. Um, short little write up. I I I think that this is a very good team. Um, I think I think what Pop did in constructing this team, uh, in was is missed is missed by a lot of you know people who who look at this team you know and, and I'm, I'll read these names again. Kevin Durant, Dame Lillard, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Kevin Love, Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Jeremy Green. <coughs> and one thing that jumps off the, the the paper immediately when you just look at this roster from from an eyeball perspective, a quick eyeball view, is they have no size. This is true. <coughs> However. Sorry, I had to take a sip of the coffee there. However, it is very smart defensively by Greg Popovich because the, this team is constructed of guys who can guard one through five no matter what. And the, Greg Popovich also knows that he's not going up against any giants, any dominant giants this year in the upcoming uh, Olympics. There's no guy on the other team that's going to dominate the dominate Team USA um, in the paint coming up why? because Jokic the best the best uh, big man in the world who just won MVP opted out and say I don't even know I mean Joel Embiid that team's not going to be not going to be there but say they are say Joel Embiid whatever say say Team USA plays Joel Embiid or, or someone of that nature uh, let's see here. I, I'll, I'll give you a list of names of centers here. Um, Joan B., Carl Anthony Towns, DeAndre, A.N., Jonas Valenciunas, Steven Adams, Clint Capellan Nikola Vucevic, Chris Porzingis, all former players. Let's say that Team USA goes up against one of those guys. None of those guys are going to dominate and outscore or outplay anybody on this team. This team is built of scores and guys who can guard one through five. Um, I I do fully expect that this team comes away with the gold here. Um, just think of, just think of this team. Think of this lineup. The USA roster. The team has a potential to have a lineup on the floor of Holiday, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, and Bam Adebayo. How do you, one, offensively, get any sort of mismatch there? You, like, can't. Bam Adebayo can guard the perimeter and the the paint. Kevin Durant can also do that. Jason Tatum can also do that. So there's three guys who can all guard one through five. Then on top of it, you have arguably the best defensive guard in the league, and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, also someone who can guard one through four very effectively, five kind of effectively. That's a very tough defensive uh, lineup. Then, what do you do to stop that team on defense? What do you do to stop that roster on defense? You're going to sag off who? Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant? Bam in the paint? Like, like, what do you do? You know what I mean? And then coming off the bench, that, I'm not even saying that that's not, that's their best defensive lineup. Let's say that you have a lineup of Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Jason Tatum on the floor. What do you do to stop that lineup? Take out Jason Tatum, put, put, uh, put Bam out of Bayou in there. What do you do to stop that lineup? There's... So this team is virtually un- unguardable like you can't you can't guard this team, which You could make the case has been the 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 Situation with team USA for the past like 15 years, um, you know, what I mean no one can ever really guard team USA it's more It's more defensively and I think that I think that this team was constructed of You know, uh, let's put it like this I think defensive flexibility and this is that's what I said in the article Defensive flexibility is going to be the biggest, It is one big, strong asset to this team. So, like I said, I'm not calling this team the next Dream Team or the next, that that 2012 team, that's not going to, that's not them, trust me. But, pretty much, I mean, this team is, you can't guard them, and they're, they have a they're tough to score against, you know, one through five. They can switch anything, so they're going to be tough to be. Uh, I expect them to come out with gold um, pretty easily. Um, maybe there's some games where, you know where they're not they're not scoring too well, but I mean, all in all, you have Damian Lillard, one of the best scorers in the NBA, and you have like arguably the best player in the NBA uh, at the end of the season, and Kevin Durant, and. Um, Pretty much any one of these guys one-on-one can uh, can torture. you. Uh, maybe not Draymond Green or Kevin Love. But everybody else can pretty much torture. you. Let me repeat the lineup again. One-on-one here. And on top of it, they're not even playing NBA guys. They're playing foreign national team players. <laughs> so... Kevin Durant, no one's stopping him one on one. Damon Lillard, no one's stopping him one on one. Brad Beal, no one's stopping him one on one. Jason Tatum, no one's stopping him one on one. Devin Booker, no one is stopping him one on one. Zach Levine, maybe the most underrated season and not talked about season um, in the entire NBA this past year. No one's guarding him. Kevin Love, okay, maybe. Kevin Love is going to be a corner. If Kevin Love is going to be what he, he is. You know what I mean? I think he's actually a perfect blue guy for this team. Uh, consistent corner shooter who can get rebounds. Bam out of Bayou. Maybe. You know, I mean, maybe there's like a, maybe there's like a, maybe Valencia Unis. You know, he, he's someone that comes to mind It was like a big body in the paint. Um, but I, he can't guard him on the perimeter, so tough to guard. Draymond Green, okay, yes. Drew Holiday, maybe. Uh, but not even that, you know, I mean, I think the, the issue with Drew Holiday is, and, and we'll get into this right, at, right after this, is that uh, Drew Holiday, just like he's not consistently a good enough shooter. Uh, Chris Middleton, again, same same uh, issue as Drew Holiday, but we we have seen that Drew, uh, Chris Middleton can just take over the game, sometimes as he did in Game 3 of that series versus the Hawks right now. And Jeremy Grant, okay, maybe. Again, kind of on, similar to Drew Holiday where it's like, I haven't watched enough Jeremy Grant, I'll admit that, but perfect two-way guy um, whose scoring is a little iffy, if I had to guess. All in all, I think that this, this team is going to be fun to watch. I think Kevin Durant and uh, Jason Tatum and Bradley Bill and Damian Lillard are going to be so fun to watch. And Devin Booker are going to be so fun to watch. I think that, that those four guys are going to be – you no, know, five guys. Five guys, yeah. Those five guys are going to be very fun to watch. Uh, I, I'm excited for the Olympics. Um, all right, moving on here to – because we've been going on here with the basketball talk for a while. Um, quickly gonna, just going to you know recap here uh, the, the – conference finals situation, so as of right now, when I'm recording this, it will be uh, the Suns and Clippers are up uh, be 3-2, we're going into game 6 tonight so it's um, Suns are up 3-2 on the Clippers uh, Paul George just had like 48 or something like that uh, against them to force a game 6 um, I I I don't want to jinx it, but I mean, if Chris Paul loses another three one series, that would be uh, that would be really tough for Chris Paul, you know. And uh, honestly, God, I I really do want Chris Paul to win one because. I think you know he's had a lot of injuries, and you know he's old, and he really is a good point guard. I don't really love like love him as a player, but he's an extremely good point guard. He's a, he's a, he's probably the best point guard over the past ten years. Um, and it's not even a question. He's been the most consistent. Um, he's the best natural point guard. He, he's the best at getting his, his teammates open and all that. So, and I also like watching the Suns. I think they're fun to watch, um, and they're probably my favorite team left left right now. Um, so I do want to see the Suns win, but it would be so tough if they blow a three-one lead. Uh, that would be really tough to watch. So go Suns, but I mean, don't blow a three-one lead either. That would be really tough. Uh, Clippers. <clears throat> I watched. I watched game like game five. It just it shocks me how the Clippers are so inconsistent. Like even without Kawhi Leonard, that team could st- is still a championship team. They really are. Like, they are loaded, dude. DeMarcus Cousins comes in like, plays, like, 11 minutes, has, like, 15 points, you know, just absolutely, like, they have guys, you know, they are such a deep team, and I, and I say this, like, every single year, and it's like, this is why we always talk about the Clippers, because, like, they're so deep, and they have guys who come off the bench who can just have an immediate impact. But then it's like, sometimes they just look so bad, you know, but... I'll give it to Paul George and Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson played out of his mind and is playing out of his mind, you know, in these playoffs. Uh, really, the entire playoffs, really. Uh, he's been he's been outstanding, you know I mean? One game here or there, but pretty much he's been very consistent and is going to get an absolute deal this summer because he's a free agent. Um, but, yeah, he's been playing great. Um, but it just, like, it's, it, it shocks me that the – they're in situations where they're down three one. You know what I mean? Where they're down in the series, and it's like, are they gonna win the series? Like that team should be so consistent, and they're just like not. Nice. And it's it's shocking to me. But um, I got the Suns taking that series. Uh, and in the Eastern Conference, we got um, who do we got in the Eastern Conference? We got the Hawks and the Bucks tied two two, right? Yeah, leaving Atlanta. Trey Young didn't play last night in the Atlanta Hawks. Won by 20, which was actually kind of crazy. Um, Giannis went out in the third. Third? Yeah, Giannis went out in the third with like five minutes left. Didn't come back. Uh, hyperextended his knee. So... I don't know. I fully expect Giannis to be back uh next game. I don't think it, it I don't think it looked as bad as, you know, TV made it made it look unless it's something else. You know, it just it literally just looks like his knee like went like like a little further back. And we've all had if you play sports, you've had like the the like where you land on your leg and it just kind of like goes a little too far in, you know, and it hurts and you're like limping off. Um but the the, the the bucks were down by 20 at that point, and I, I didn't expect Giannis to come back either way. Um, so I don't know, though. I mean, if you're the Bucks and you lose again, like I think it's time to blow it up. Like I, I really do. Like I don't think that the – I don't know. It's just I think uh, that would be really tough, you know, especially if the five-seeded Hawks beat you uh, in seven. That would be tough. You know, um, and here's the thing. The Hawks are capable of beating this team. Like I don't think that like this like it's tied two two, and I don't think a lot of people thought that the Hawks were even going to win a game this series. Um, and the Hawks just showed last night that they don't need Trey Young to score fifty to to beat the the Bucks. Better yet, they they don't even need Trey Young on the floor to beat the Hawks. You know what I mean? That the team is capable of beating the uh I mean, to beat the Bucks. The the team is capable of beating the Bucks uh with without Trey Young on the floor, which is crazy. And I, I fully expect Trey Young to be back next uh next game in uh, I, uh game six. I fully expect him to be back. So I'm I don't know, I'm a little I was a little like, whoa, what's happening here? But it's The Hawks are also fun to watch. You know what I mean? And and I I, I didn't get to talk about this uh, because it's been two weeks, but Trey Young is like, and I understand, and I've said this to a lot of people here, uh, this comment, and and a lot of people are going to be, when I say it, you're going to be like, what are you talking about? But when Trey Young can master his floater, he's going to be virtually unstoppable in the pick and roll with, with the big men that he has right now. Um, and I know he takes the most floaters. And I know he had the most floaters in the league. But I'm talking about like being consistent, you know, like consistently, like if you if you if you're in the drop coverage on the pick and roll, and Trey Young is coming downhill, and he consistently his like his go-to option is the is the floater, and you and he's making it like and he's making it at like a 75% clip. Teams are going to be screwed trying to guard that guy. You can't go under a screen, he's going to shoot it. And probably make it. You know what I mean? If Trey Young's left open for like two seconds, like two solid seconds where no one's contesting him, he's making the shot. Um he's probably gonna do like the little shoulder shimmy, you know, just like show off. Um, and then let's say you go over you you go over it. Let's Okay, Young Young's going to go down the hill, and he's going to hit the floater. You know what I mean? Like, next year, he's going to be deadly at this. Watch, because this is – I bet you he's going to master the floater over the offseason here. Um, he's going to be deadly at this. So he's going to hit the floater. And now let's say you hedge the screen. He's got John Collins or Clint Capella, and all he literally has to do is get—look, just get into the paint and throw it near the rim, and it's, it's just – they're scoring. Um yeah, he he's virtually unstoppable, and that's that's all he did game one. And that's like pretty much why he had forty eight, just because they the the Bucks could not do a thing to stop the pick and roll, which was amazing because it was so fun to watch. I um, mean the the off the backboard, you all that stuff. It was, it was really fun to watch. So I don't know. The, both these series are actually pretty exciting to watch. You know, I mean I don't think they're the best teams per se in the conference. Maybe the Clippers uh were were like projected to be one of the better teams and I guess the Bucks were too but like I don't know. I, I didn't I never thought that the Bucks were actually the best team in the East or, or uh the Clippers were the best team in the West. Um but these teams are these teams are very fun to watch. Um and I think I really don't think that there's like a clear winner between anyone in the conference finals. Like I don't think you can look at the, the teams in their respective conferences and be like, yeah, the Bucks are the clear winner here. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I think a lot of people thought that going into these conference finals, but I don't think a lot of people are thinking that right now. Same thing in the West. You know what I mean? Like, it, it looked to be like the the Suns were the clear favorite. And then you watch, like, a game five, and you're like, yeah, the, the Clippers are the clear favorite here. Like, there's nothing the Suns can do on defense to stop the Clippers. Um, I also want to go on record. I think Kawhi Leonard towards ACL, and they're just not saying anything. Um... That's all I have to say in the whole, whole co i learned thing. I don't know. They're, they're like, there's so much speculation around it. If, if he's not sitting on the bench and he's up in the box and he's watching games, he's clearly not coming back this series. That's what I have to say. And watch him watch him come back like Game 7 if it gets forced. Um, <clears throat> All right, that's what I got on the Eastern Conference Finals. Ten minutes left here. Let's talk about the Patriots, and then we'll end it with a little bit of Red Sox talk. So the Patriots situation right now. wrote about this. Uh, probably a few days after the last episode I put out. Um, it's really just about like Stefan Gilmore here and the situation with Stefan Gilmore because it, it's Gilmore is growing increasingly frustrated with uh, um, the, the situation at hand with his contract. So in 2020... It's before twenty twenty, the summer of twenty twenty. Uh, the 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 year we lost Brady in the offseason. season, tough. Um, <clears throat> the Patriots reconstructed Gilmore's contract, so pretty much giving Gilmore more money last year and taking away more money this upcoming season. Uh. Sorry, another uh, another coffee sit there. <clears throat> so. Gilmore is a little pissed, and he, he didn't show up to uh, the mandatory mini-camps or whatever it was. Um, Gilmore is also injured uh, right now, or like rehabbing an injury, so they're saying that that's maybe another reason why. But um, and, and I think Bill Belichick knew the writing on the wall. You know, I said this in the article. It was another classic move by Belichick. Um, and really like something that, is an is a, it's an inevitable end here for Stephon Gilmore? It, it one of two things is either going to happen. He he's either going to play this season on the current contract or he's going to get traded. You know, like he's not going to. Bill Belichick is not going to give Stephon Gilmore an extra ten million this year. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to restructure the contract to give him an extra ten million because they took his ten million and gave it to him last year for this exact reason, so they could have more cap space. to to be more flexible this upcoming season, this upcoming season, and this offseason, um, <coughs> Belichick. And this is where everyone like hates Belichick, but this is the reason why Belichick did it. Belichick knew the team wasn't going to be that good last year. He knew he needed more money, so this is why he restructured Gilmore's contract before last year. All right, spend more money in the year we're going to be not that good, so we have more money to be better the next year, and, and that's the situation right now, and it sucks that it happens with the defensive player, or the, the guy who's a defensive player a year, like two years ago, but that's the situation, and the, the, the Patriots are just so deep in the cornerback position that he's the guy you have to take money from. You know what I mean? It's like he, he didn't have that effective of a season last year. He was injured. Um you know, some could say he wasn't even the best corner on the team last year. You know, J.C. Jackson probably had a little bit of better of a season. Um, Maybe not in, like, coverage statistics, but definitely in, like, interceptions and stuff like that. So, sorry, I need another sip here. I'm fucking tired. Um, <clears throat> so, again, it's just, it's tough, but, I think at the end of the day, you know, the option is still there for Belichick to, like, give Gilmore his money if he wants to. Um, and this is why it was such a smart move by Belichick, because it gives him—it gives Belichick more wiggle room to do what he wants, you know what I mean? And I don't think Belichick is going to promote, you know, the the actions by Gilmore, you know what I mean? I, I think Gilmore not showing up to the minicamp really— it was a statement, you know what I mean? I don't think Bill Belichick's going to take kindly to the statement. Honestly, I, I don't think uh, – I don't know what's going to happen. Either Gilmore's going to play or he's not going to play. I think that that's the situation. Uh, I don't think Belichick's going to give him more money. I think Belichick's going to keep the money. I think that he would have had a better shot at getting the money maybe if he went to the camps you know, and, and he showed up. But him not showing up and then him tweeting out yesterday that – um. Like there was a picture of like the highest paid corners in the league and he wasn't on there. Um and he definitely was better like definitely a top three corner in the league, uh for sure. But he wasn't on there. Um I don't know. I just I, I don't think Belichick's gonna give him the money right now. You know, I don't think it's it's um I don't think it's it's in the Patriots' plans to give uh give <clears throat> Gilmore the money just because it and it, it's tough. It's tough because Gilmore is and has been such a key player for the the Patriots here for I don't even know. Like how many years you been in there? Four, five years now? Um this will be his fifth year coming up. But it it just it's tough because we know how Belichick is. We know Belichick doesn't cater to players wanting more, players expecting more, stuff like that. And uh, it's it's a situation where I I don't see Bill Belichick <coughs> tossing an extra ten million on a guy for on a one year deal who has one year left on his contract. And uh, you know, it, it, I just I don't expect it to happen. So. Could we see a potential trade for Gilmore before 2021? Maybe. You know what I mean? There's teams like uh, there's teams like the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Chargers, the Rams, who have been like Jalen uh, Ramsey has been heavily recruiting uh, Gilmore to come there. Um, I don't know. You know, I think we're in a situation because I don't think that the Patriots – I think the Patriots next year are going to have a bigger issue because they're going to be losing. it. I mean, they're probably going to lose Gilmore next year for sure. They don't give them the money this year, obviously. But then they're also going to lose uh, J.C. Jackson probably, who's going to get paid. You know what I mean? And that, this is the this is a classic Belichick thing. You know what I mean? Like, this is what's going to happen uh, over the next few years here. But that's really all we got on the Patriots uh, and just a lot of speculation right now revolving around uh Gilmore, you know, I mean, there's nothing, like, set in stone. Uh, and there's no, like, there's, like, some speculation about why he wasn't at the camp. But this is the reason why he wasn't at camp. Uh, it's because he wants more money. The Patriots aren't going to give it to him. It's not because he's injured. It's not because he's rehabbing an injury. That's 100% false. And just, like, the, that's what they're they're covering it up as. But the real situation is Gilmore wants more money for this year. He, he thinks he <clears throat> should be getting more money when in reality – this is exactly what Belichick did last year. Uh, and funny enough, Gilmore didn't say anything about him. He was getting paid like twenty plus million last year, but now he's just saying it because he's getting paid like seven. So it is what it is, you know. That's that's just a situation. Um and it's tough because Gilmore, you know, I love Gilmore. He he's he's been so good for the Patriots, but this is this is Bill Belichick. This is what Bill Belichick does and I don't think any Patriots fans are really surprised that, that this is a situation uh, right now. Okay, lastly, Red Sox. <clears throat> Have to cover them quickly. It's, again, it's one of those situations where I've actually been watching like every single game for the Boston Red Sox for the past two weeks. Since I put out the last, uh, last podcast, I've watched every single game. And... Uh, I almost don't, like and they haven't lost, you know. I feel like every this happens every single time, and I like give the Red Sox credit, and then they go out and lose. Like I feel like if you're listening right now and you go watch the Red Sox, and I'm telling you that they're nasty and they're the best team in baseball, and they're by far the best, the most fun team to watch, and that they swept the Yankees twice this year, and the Yankees suck. And this this sways you to go watch the Red Sox. They might lose because I feel like this happens every single time I do this, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Um, and and try and reverse this curse here. As I just said, Red Sox swept <coughs> the Yankees twice. Um, Grant Mueller, if you're listening, you owe me like, I don't know, I don't know what we put on it. Um, we put money on it though, that he said Garrett Cole was going to have 12 strikeouts and he was going to cook the Red Sox in. That was just so false. It was actually hilarious. Um, so Grant Mueller, you owe me money. But we'll let bygones be bygones, I guess. Um, they are extremely fun to watch. You know, uh, their pitching is a little like iffy at times. I, I I'll I will agree with that. But their their hitting is just their hitting is is ridiculous. It's like every guy you get up there that gets up uh, to hit for the Red Sox, you expect him to get on base. It it really is like that. You know what I mean? Uh, you got like Christian Vasquez like batting like seventh in the order, and he's like he's on base every single time and he I don't know that that's, that's it's just uh it's it, they're fun to watch it's like every single and the best part is every game they're like down and they like come back you know what i mean they get they get they get down early and then they like come back unless they're playing the Yankees and they just womp on the Yankees uh from start to finish, but every other game that's pretty much the situation is they just like like the last two Kansas City Royals games they've been down, and I think actually they They've won 7-6. Uh, they won 7-6 the last two games? I think so. Red Sox. I think they have. Uh, yep, I said they won 7-6 there, and then they won. Oh, no, they won 6-5. All right. Just. All right. One, two-run difference there. Um, but. Yeah, they're they're fun to watch, you know. What I mean, uh, defensively they struggle a little bit, but that's <coughs> you know can't be can't be nasty at every facet of the game. You know, can't can't be pitching shutouts here every single every single game. So we can live with that. But I mean, <coughs> gotta give credit to my man Avaldi, the killer himself, Nate Evaldi. My guy, love that guy. Love him since day one. He was on the Sox. Um, if you've listened to this podcast for the last two years consistently. And you were here with when when Murph was on the podcast and we were doing it together. Native Aldi was my guy back in the day, so to see him thriving, uh, I love that. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited for this the the Red Sox here. You know, I was a little like worried that like we weren't gonna have much to talk about because I don't like re- I, I just can't can't really talk baseball for like that long. But I mean, watching this team, they're fun to watch. And, and I'll admit, I will always admit this: it's tough to it's tough to get through baseball games you know it's it's hard to sit and watch baseball games uh start to finish but this team is fun to watch <clears throat> so hopefully i just reverse the curse there um hopefully that they can go out and uh they can win um for everyone who's who's now going to go tune into the red sox game and not just look at the espn notifications um but they are on a five game win streak here um and hopefully i didn't just i didn't just screw them like i did last time pretty much like I, last time i did this day like they like they were top in the MLB and then they like dropped, so that's why I haven't really been talking about them. But you know, I, I'm willing to test the waters again. I'm a gambling man, and, and we'll see what happens here. Um, but that's all I got for you guys today. Um, like I said, no YouTube video, so sorry for you guys. There will be one next week. Uh, Happy Fourth of July to everyone again. Go use code GM GVM Fourth, five dollars off every single item in your cart. And um, yeah. Uh, I think, I think that's it. You know. Um, make sure to make sure to just ch- check in on where, where I'm constantly putting out articles every single day. Um, so and big things are coming to, to Graveyard Media. Let's just put it like that. So um, yeah, I guess that is it. Later, guys.